Okay, so there's these three Portuguese guys, and they get up and they get to heaven. And St. Peter says to the first one, all right, Joseph, one question to get in. I'm, I, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling generous today. Just, what is Easter? Joseph comes up and he says, uh, and this is my Portuguese accent, which I don't know what a Portuguese accent sounds like. So it will sound like every accent I would do. Um, uh, it is uh, like when the pilgrim, they come to Plymouth the Rock, and they have a big feast with the... Ne- no, no, that's Thanksgiving. Just, I'm going to circle back to you. Let's just, let's just sit down. He got a whammy. Uh, Manny, you, you tell me what Easter is. Oh, Easter is a, when a, the, uh, the fat guy in the red suit, he fly around the world and he give a present to the good of children. And uh, you know, I'm going to stop you there. <clears throat> that's Christmas. But you're kind of in the same ballpark, a little better than Joe, but, you know, you're, you're not quite there. Okay, Michael, do you know what Easter is? And he says, yes, it's a win of Jesus. He had died on the cross for our sins, and they put him in the cave, and a three days later, he moved the rock, and he come out, and if they see his shadow... <laughs> By the way, that is an excellent Portuguese accent. I was impressed. Okay. That's like, you know, I, was, I thought I was at a family reunion. <laughs> hey, uh, what did the Easter Bunny get for making a basket? What? Uh, two points like everybody else in the game, Joe. Where does the Easter Bunny like to have dinner? I don't know. I hop. <laughs> Uh, Got any more? No, that's about it. Hey, this is Shock. I'm Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. Whee! <laughs> uh, so, you know, Joe, we, we've been starting off the last couple weeks, or last few weeks with my fat shaming. Uh, a good week. This is the end of week three. Uh, as this post, I should be on day one, week four. But as we record this, I'm on day week three, day five. I haven't gotten on the scale to do the weekly weigh down. That's on Saturday. But... Last week, I was down a total of 17 pounds this year, and uh, a good week, but uh, doing the math here, it says I'm still an obese fat fuck. Obese? Really? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what obese is, but uh, well, well, I do know what obese is, and I also know what diabetes is, and I'm working my hardest. <laughs> you know? One thing at a time, Joe. Um, so... All of our faithful listeners know we had our friend Rodney on uh, Sideshow this past Thursday, which all our faithful listeners know was too much excitement to have in one episode. So part two will be coming out this Thursday. Uh, I posted a picture of Joe, and, and I saw that you liked it on Twitter. My, my description... Oh, I forget already. I'm like, I took a picture of Joe, honestly, glowing, glowing, talking, you know, talking about whammies and, and card sharks and, and all that is uh, TV game shows. And I said, I was with Joe the night his first son was born at the hospital. He wasn't filled with this much pride <laughs> and enthusiasm then. You should have seen me with my second son. <laughs> Hey, say hi to your wife and my kids for me. <laughs> so they, uh, no, so so it was re- it was one of the more funs we've had recording in a while. It was really great. So a, a, a big shout out to uh, the voice of Worcester, our friend Rodney, for making it just a blast. Yeah, so we can't wait for you to hear part two where we talk about the uh, best game show hosts because we, we were we, oh Family Feud is I think where we left off a little cliffhanger. And uh, yeah, it's it'll be uh, worth the wait. And oh boy, just you wait and see what we el- what else we got coming up for you on the old <laughs> sideshow machine. Actually, yeah, we just recorded one that might also be a two parter. Um, but not, we'll get to that later. Much more interesting people coming down into the uh, nerd CM these days. We meet a lot of interesting people. <laughs> um, Joe, this weekend I will be making, and I'm going to say it, Easter baskets, not April holiday baskets, uh, because it's a church fundraiser. Uh, actually, it's a charity thing. We, there, there was much discussion this week about um, uh, Easter things versus what, 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 what did we land on April holiday? or 
spring event spring event thing and stuff like that. That's a whole other thing. And we're not getting into it. But I did want to point out that I, I will be making specifically Easter baskets, you know, because it's a church thing. And hopefully while we're there, uh, someone will explain to me how the Easter Bunny fit into. I'm not a big Bible guy. and I don't know. Is, is the Easter Bunny Old Testament and New Testament? Um, that's a... That's a whole other one. That's like that's like beyond Mormon. I thought. A, yeah, because John it was it John Smith found the third book of the Mormons. And look, if you're gonna make up a religion, can you at least make up a more interesting name than John Smith? I know. Oh my God, you got to see Book of Mormon. It's such a great show. Uh, <clears throat> but um, what I want to know is how the uh, the Cadbury Bunny um, <laughs> makes that chicken sound. <laughs> You, you don't want to know how the sausage is made. Uh, but I, I want to point out that one of my New Year's resolutions was to do more um, than just show up on Thanksgiving at the church and where you know where they feed the, the folks, the fine folks there, and do that. So I, I pledged I was going to do three to four outreach things this year. So you know that I think I think this is technically the first. All right, Mr. Humblebrag over no, there. No, I mean, I I'm trying. No, I'm, great. I'm trying to be a better person, or at least to the kind you know, of guilt that makes make you <laughs> volunteer at soup kitchens. Um, Joe, is this the biggest year for movies coming out? Like, like 2019? No, well, 2018 was the biggest year, wasn't it? Or was it 2017? Because each year seems to be the well, biggest year for movies. The Avengers, which comes out in a few weeks, in two weeks. Yes. I mean, that's 10 years in the making. Well, actually, the, the Infinity War comics came out, you know, late 80s. So, I mean, that, it, that is I mean, 30 it, plus years in the making. But right. they, they've made 20 blockbuster. Each one of them has n- – none of the movies haven't been blockbusters. Even the even the Hulk did well. I mean, it didn't do crazy well. It did well. And a lot of – we talked about where um, – where Norton wanted to do press for it and stuff Norton. like, and he walked away from you know the franchise, uh, which I don't know how you would do that. But all the movies, I mean, this is it. And now this week, I won't watch it, but I think you have the new trailer for the new Star Wars. I don't have it on me, but I've seen it, and it's um, it's hype. We have um, some uh, some new friends and some old friends. Um, and some friends we've lost, and uh, some friends that are back. And the name of it is uh, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And the thing here, when I say the biggest thing, uh, this this is this is it. I mean, in this, if this is it, please let me. Oh, wait, uh, I was gonna, a... I was gonna go. You know, this is it. Make, Make no, no mistake, mistake where you are. are. This, this is it. Yeah. We're, are you Loggins or am I Loggins <laughs> in this scenario? Uh, it's like the man and the woman say, like, I want to be Loggins. No, you're Loggins. But uh, 42 years in the making, you know, from, from Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, in 1977 to this. So, I mean, I, I don't know bigger franchises. I mean, Star Wars is the biggest franchise in movie history. Uh, you know, the, the, the most lauded. I, I think. I, I can't think of one, you know, bigger or better or grander. Um and yes, they're going to keep making, you know, uh, Solo or Star Wars movie or Rogue One. They're going to find other stories, but this is this is it. I mean, it was always a nine chapter thing, and so after forty two years of waiting, it's out or it's coming out. And like I said, also the Infinity War. I mean, it it wasn't forty two years in the making, but it was twenty pictures over ten years leading up to, you know, April twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think it's a, probably it, the biggest year. And we have J.J. Abrams finishing it off, which, you know, I really like the way Force Awakens revamped the uh, the passion and the fun of Star Wars movies. Um, you can say what you want about Last Jedi. I have my gripes about it. You have your gripes about it. A lot of fans think that Star Wars Last Jedi was shit, like absolute garbage beginning to end, which I don't get. I, I don't get either. Like, but there's always that thing. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I remember one of the gripes, and I've got over one of the gripes that I had, you know, about, you know, the the episode one, two, and three. It was like the midichlorians. It's like, wait a minute. That's not how the force works. It's like, and I remember like listening to Kevin Smith a couple of years ago. He goes, 
the force works exactly how that film's director wants it to work. So, you know, people upset when Princess Leia got blasted out of, you know, out into space that she she didn't die instantly. That somehow and like she willed her way back into the space shuttle in her yeah and her strong force. I mean, she yeah, the force field, if you will. You know, Luke. Uh, spoilers? Are we are we doing spoilers? <laughs> but but Luke, you know. Astro projecting himself across the galaxy, and and you know management bought that one, all good with that, but didn't like. Wait a minute, how could he put the dice? And, and I hate the dice part. You know? I don't like how the dice dissolves in Kylo's hands after. Um, it's well after um, Luke had had died and stopped astral projecting, right, and gave him to Leia and stuff like that. I mean. Okay, now I'm making a connection. Since you're never really gone when you're when you're a Jedi and you die because the Force, you just become part of the universe, I guess you can say that Luke's Force, his life Force, still emanated through the dice from beyond, you know, from the other side, if you will. Like, because he's, he's a Force, he could Force Ghost now because he's, you know, like uh, Anakin, like... Obi-Wan, like Yoda, he can, you know, be on that same plane. So maybe he had the power to keep the dice long enough to troll Kylo. (laughs) And speaking of trolling Kylo Ren, that is one of my favorite things is when Kylo Ren orders all the, you know, at-acts to just unload on him. And he's just standing there and he just like brushes off his shoulder like i think you've got him (laughs) and then he does like that that is great i mean it is really i mean i'd like to say yeah so i mean i've learned to shut the fuck up and yes that is what hyperspace looks like for the most part um but i am i'm I'm really looking forward to this yeah and um yeah i i I kind of wish you would see the trailer, but I, I get why you would not. And um, I'll it res- might be hard not to because it doesn't come out for December. It comes out. It, it says this Christmas in this Christmas. Uh, <laughs> it comes out in December, just like the last uh, uh, you know Jedi. I think Jedi did Jedi come out in May last. The last Jedi came out in May, or did it come out in December? Because Force Awakens was a December movie. We don't remember. Yeah, I think. Oh, you know what? I think they pushed it up from was it before yesterday because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What are we talking about here? Moving on. Well, looking forward to that. Uh, what do we got here? Happy Patriots Day. Did we? Uh, no, I, we would get to that. Yeah, you know, I should probably let off with this after plugging this Thursday sideshow and talking about last week's sideshow. The Jeopardy's contestant, the the professional, uh, and with the Sacha we just recorded, professional sports better. Did you watch this guy? I did, and I actually, I will watch Jeopardy, you know, from time to time, um, just regularly, you know, because it's on the same time all every time. But um, I got a tip from Buzzer Blog on Twitter. They're like, you know, it's a, a website that follows and reports on new and up and coming game show happenings and they said watch Jeopardy tonight. Unbelievable. And I said, All right, I'm in. And this guy who's been a three day champion, James I forget his last name, doesn't matter. He um up to that point had won hundred and thirteen thousand dollars in three days, which is pretty great. And I watched the episode and he broke a he busted the Juca box. <laughs> well, he, that's a pretty good Portuguese accent, shows. <laughs> he won uh, $110,914. Now, why do I remember that number? Joe, why do you remember that number? It was significant to the winner because in previous bets in, in Final Jeopardy, he would calculate his wages so that his winning total would add up to a date, like somebody's birthday. He's that good. So the eleven oh nine fourteen was his daughter's birthday. Oh, that's fantastic. He went into Final Jeopardy with $72,000. The other contestants, and not so much. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it was great. And it was, and then at the bottom it said, happy birthday, booger. Which, you know, you have to have Alex Trebek say all these things. And he's oh. like, happy birthday, bodger. And then James says, booger. Booger, okay. 
<laughs> and what did you wager? Hey, oh, you know, it was like $35,000 so that he could round out that his day. nice number. And so he, I think, holds the record for the largest single day payout in game show history. He beat Michael Larson's number from Wheel, um, Pressure Luck. Michael Larson had right. like 900, and, no, I'm sorry, he had 110,000 and slightly below what James had won in Jeopardy, but he's still there as of this recording. Uh, he's still Jeopardy champion. And um, yeah, he's just like, he's just like, a, he's like almost like, he's not Ken Jennings level yet because Ken Jennings had the longevity. He'd been there for like 40 something games um, and won, you know, like $2 million or something like that. But this guy knows how to play Jeopardy to his advantage. So he, Starts at the bottom, like he'll start with the high amounts on invert. You know, usually you you start with the top and work your way down. He starts with the bottom and kind of works his way up, and he'll always, for the most part, on the daily double, go all in. Like a lot of people are hesitant to big wager large sums of money on daily doubles, even if they're in the lead by a lot, because they just don't want to. Who wants to put up tens of thousands of dollars on one question? But on the episode in question where he broke the winning record the single day record, he, on one double Jeopardy question, or final, uh, sorry, daily double, he wagered $25,000, which is the most that anybody had ever wagered on a daily double. So, yeah, this guy was in it to win it. And he's a very even-keeled guy, but he's got the weirdest smile. He does this. Like, he purses his, like, he kind of makes, like, a a perfect, like, square with his mouth, and then his teeth are completely, like, lined up. Like Do, do that again. I don't think, I don't like, think, I don't think Richard could see it. <laughs> I want, oh, no, I'm trying to gross you out. All right. Uh, good luck. Uh, but it, I did see it. It was exciting, and he's, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing more. They said he was a professional sports better. What? What does he bet on a specific sport, did they say? Or I just... didn't get into his backstory. Honestly, I, the only episode I had seen of his was that one. So I don't know too much about his backstory, but yeah, he, like other people we know, go into a game like this with a strategy to win, and he's doing it. Bless his heart. Uh, So here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, uh, as people are listening to this podcast, it is Patriot Day. this, This is the only state that has that, right? Yeah, it's a it's a Massachusetts now, holiday. Now, those of you who are saying, "Okay, Chuck, we get it, we get it. Tom Brady's great. Move on." No, it is actually a holiday that shockingly precedes Tom Brady and the uh, franchise as a whole. I think it dates back to I don't know, but uh, probably the Revolutionary War, prob- or, or maybe like a little bit afterwards with some time had passed. I don't think they established Patriots Day like. The moment we declared independence from England, it's like, you know what? We needed another day to commemorate uh, how Boston and Massachusetts played a hand in, you know, wresting our uh, our country away from the evil grips of tyranny over in England. I don't know why I'm getting so verbose over Patriots Day. It's, just a, it's an excuse to just fucking run a marathon, in uh, my opinion. Uh, and we have a friend who does the reenactments every year. Yes, our friend Steve. A good friend, whose son, I guess, is going to be on one of the floats. Uh, and and so you, you were there when he was explaining the whole thing, like his son was excited because he got to wear his colonial outfit, but he can't be on the float himself, so our good friend Flo will have to be dressed in the Patriot garb as well. And look, the forecast calls for rain, so... But they, yeah, they might have to move it because it's supposed to not rain. It's supposed to be like torrential. Well, yeah, as far as the, that... Uh, reenactment goes, they might move it up to Sunday, but honestly, they, I don't think they, I don't think so. I think they're pretty, maybe the parade will move, but I think the reenactments are always like rain or shine, unless it's like, you know, national weather emergency or, you know, a weather emergency. But the marathon's going on. The marathon is like, you know, it's either going to be on Patriots Day or it's not. So, um, yeah, and this is actually the, the, yeah, this is the the sixth anniversary of right. the event, and that's the first time that it's actually the uh, the anniversary has fallen on Patriots Day again. Oh, you know what I mean? What a harsh day! Because it's like you know it's a six years later, and uh, so, but yeah, I mean it's probably not going to be the most fun marathon to watch, but it's uh, it's it's still going strong, and um, I, I'm wondering if it's going to be a Kenyan this year or an <laughs> Ethiopian that's going to win, or I don't know. Place your bets. <laughs> Um, you know what I don't want to bet on is 
how quickly the robot overlords will be wiping us cockroaches off the face of the planet. Um, we talk about this from time to time. There was a big clip that went around Twitter, uh, you know, several months ago, like two almost looked like headless dog robots that worked in tandem to get through some obstacles. Like one could open doors and one could do this, but together, girl. What's that? Yes, (laughs) that's. I remember seeing that, thinking that, and then I'm watching the Twitter today, and there was they had like a, a robot that was shooting like not from center court, but definitely like three point shots, and just perfect, just absolutely, and it looks like an android. You know, it looks like you know a humanoid like figure, and everyone the stadium it was in Japan, of course it was, Mm -hmm. or or at MIT. Where some Japanese people <laughs> made it and brought it together, uh, and every time I see one of these things, I just, I just scream into the phone, you know, stop, stop. I mean, what have you not watched a sci-fi movie ever? What's the end game with all of this? Just because uh, we. Um uh, can make robots <laughs> that can dunk on humans uh, doesn't mean that uh, we never stop to think uh, whether or not uh, uh, we should. <laughs> and, and and honestly, every time I see one of these new inventions and this new great this, and it can do this, and it can it can teach itself how to do this, it's like that's that's when yeah, exactly. Joe's eyebrows just went to the back of his head. My um, the scariest one that I the scariest like robot overlord story that I had read was. When a research team or an AI team had to shut down the project because the computers were talking to each other in a language that the programmers could not decipher. And when computers can talk to each other in secret code, that is endgame. That is the real endgame. Fuck the Avengers. My, my testicles just went or just reset. We don't inside. want them to become sentient and secretive. So beware. I'm not. I'm not sure. Has anything in any movie good ever come from such an event? Um, I don't recall yet. I mean, I, I there was Small Wonder that that TV <laughs> show. I mean, that was that was pretty uplifting. Uh, no, it wasn't. I, uh, you know, mo- <laughs> you know, mo- moving on. Um, How do you move on from Small Wonder, man? You know, you la, just gotta. La, 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 I was waiting. She's a small wonder, pretty and bright with soft curls. She's a small wonder, a girl unlike other girls. She's a miracle, and I grant you, she'll enchant you at first sight. She's a small wonder, and she'll make your heart Take flight, la 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 la. She's fantastic, made of plastic, microchips here and there. She's a small wonder, and she'll. She brings love and laughter everywhere. La 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 la. Thank you. I. I didn't know there was a second verse. There is that's all one verse. That's a that's the entire oh, minute and a half intro. In the, minute and a half intro. They don't have minute and a half intros anymore. I mean, you know, writers back then must like or writers today must think it's like, man, you guys have it easy. You have to you had to come up with twelve minutes of content in between the opening and no, closing. No, now they credits. just have you know, they, they have fewer there's less content and more commercials. Yeah, okay. You know, we just we just don't have theme songs anymore. <laughs> Which makes me sad. Right. I mean, what am I going to sing every podcast? Um, so moving on to uh, the Robert Kraft saga. I wasn't going to put this in sports. So it comes out on Friday. And, and I do. I hate this. Like, it became over. It would have been sensationalized anyways if he got caught in a hand job sting operation. But what made it front page news for more than a day? What has people... Like screaming about um, he's the most awful person. Petitions, you know, coming out to like you know strip him of the team is the human trafficking thing because that's 
that's what you heard. You know, you heard from the investigators day one that this was a larger, you know, that this is part of human trafficking. And over the the last couple months, you know, people like me have been saying, wait a minute, 150 people have been arrested. The people who own the place have been arrested. You know, thousands of charges, couple hundred people all involved in this at this point, and that word has never come out. You also heard that, you know, this local police department reached out to ICE and to um, and to the FBI saying, "Oh, we're putting together this human trafficking invest the human trafficking investigation," and both ICE and the FBI looked at their information and said, "Yeah, there's nothing here, or not enough that." raised to the level that they wanted to get involved in it. So here it is a couple months later, and people are like, why is Kraft still fighting this? And and now the police officially, as of Friday, said, yes, there's absolutely no evidence of any human trafficking. But that makes page 12, page 13, on the Saturday paper, not frontline, you know, on a Wednesday or a Thursday. And it's look, it, it is still what it is. And it's like one of those things. It's like... Oh, this guy got, you know, picked up for having marijuana, you know, an ounce of marijuana, and he's got arrested for five years. If he was 20 miles away in a different state, it's completely legal, you know. So it's not like what he did. Yes, in that state, it's not legal. But if it was in Nevada, it'd be, it'd be legal. And again, it's, you know, uh, the big thing for him is trying to keep the tape from coming out. And that was another thing that was rumored that – you know, surprise, surprise that the police may have not legally been able to put those cameras in there and have collected this. And people are still the media and some people are still fighting to get the tape out. It's like, wait, if you violate it, not just craft, but anybody's constitutional rights collecting this evidence, you can't then double, you know, damage their reputation by allowing it to go out. So I'm so yeah. and and you hear some people it's like oh you know in sports people it's like oh I don't want to see it but I watch it when it comes out do you have any any desire at all to see this uh, no I didn't so I didn't watch the Hulk Hogan tape I didn't you know yeah. who the hell wants that N- no not even a little bit you know um, I mean talk about the opposite of a fapping <laughs> I mean jeez Louise uh, so yeah so so that's nice but uh but somebody was arrested the last couple of days that. Uh, I'm just giddy about it, but, but then again, I, I'm a little conflicted. Uh, what are your thoughts on Julian Assange being dragged out of the Ecuadorian embassy? Um, my thoughts are, man, he needs a shave, right? Um, cause every photo I've ever seen of him, he always clean shaven and a suit. I like that somebody posted on Twitter this is proof that evil ages you faster because this guy, Julian Assange, is younger than this guy, Paul Rudd, who's 50. That's hilarious. Um, but what are your thoughts on it overall? Uh, honestly, I haven't really, I don't really have many thoughts on it. I, I, you know what? He probably uh, deserves to be arrested and, uh, and you know, go to jail. So, so he, he was originally wanted in Sweden. Um, over, I, I don't know if it was harassment or actual rape charges. Mm-hmm. How he wound up in the Ecuadorian thing, I, I still not a hundred percent sure of. But yeah, I heard there's some like dark money that you know basically, ba- I guess, paid off the Ecuadorian government to keep him. There. Seven years he's been in there. Seven years, and he can't leave. Like once he steps foot outside, and Sweden dropped their charges, but then he was still afraid. Well. Sure, they say they dropped the charges, but you know, I don't know if they did. And, and then, you know, with the Chelsea Manning thing, you know, um, so, so, and, and look, I, I, I'm a free speech guy, and you know, I think at one point when WikiLeaks started, I kind of liked that it was exposing, um, corporate secrets that were really hurting people, but and then it became part of the political thing. I don't you know. There's other countries that have had problems with like WikiLeaks. I, well, Ecuador, for one of them, is having problems with like Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. You know, meddling in their you know government affairs and stuff like that. And it was one thing when it was politically you know embarrassing somebody or embarrassing a big faceless company, but and yes. 
I'm, I'm, I'm battling between my views on freedom of speech and him giving the, you know, helping what he, you know, his part in helping the advancement of tyranny in our country. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like with anything this complicated, um, there's always going to be nuance and there's going to be, it's not always black and white, whether or not it's a good or a bad thing. Like it can be both. It could be a little of both. It could be. It all depends on the application and how you know how they go about it and what the I guess motive is. You know, and then you know if they're how responsible they are with said information. I, I don't know. I guess yeah. I guess it's all about intent. You know, but um, and his intent was to just watch the world. burn. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Um, you know, it's also this week, the end of this week, Mark, the 100th day of the new Congress led by Nancy Pelosi. And right along the, you know, as soon as the election was, you know, had, you know, a lot of people like me were like, good, go after the bastards. And then a lot of people were like, well, you know, they can't make the next two years just about Trump. They still have a job to do. They still have to do the work of the people. And. They have. They've actually passed a lot of legislation. You know, now that the Mueller report is where it is, where you know more than three weeks in, they don't have a copy of it yet. Nobody does. You saw Barr this week um, stonewalling more and and in a hearing flat out say that yeah, he is going to start investigating the investigators. That he thinks there was espionage and spy. I mean, he is. Everything that 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 Blotus wants, everything that Blotus wants in an attorney general. But here's here's the thought that I've had like the last couple of days. Now that it turns out, you know, they are going after his taxes, they are trying to get the Mueller report, they are doing other things. At the end of the day, Congress can't do anything without the Senate. Congress has passed a lot of things. The House. The House, I'm sorry. The House has passed a lot of things that the Senate won't even take votes on, that won't even bring up. And, you know, whether it be the New Green Deal or whether it be immigration or whether it be a budget or whatever, as long as Mitch, you know, McTurtle is running the Senate and can block things from even coming to the floor and we know pretty much everything's going to go down on a partisan vote, I think – the Democrats should go full force of what the things that they can control. If you can control going after, you know, the Trump, you know, the Trump crime syndicate, then then they should because every otherwise everything's just going to be stonewalled. I mean, that's just the way it works. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you can do both. Yeah, right, and they are. They are, but like I said, they they've passed gun regulation. The the, the Congress for the first time. And since since um, the Brady Bill, um, Reagan, not Tom, uh, has uh, you know has passed gun regulation, they have not just submitted ideas but passed ideas. But then, like I said, then it goes to the Senate where it quickly dies. So it's it's one of those things. If you don't want to, you know, work to move things forward as they have been, then go ahead and do the things that you don't need Senate approval or a Senate like working hand in hand with, mm-hmm. but sure. they have, they a hundred days in and I'm pretty happy with, you know, what they've accomplished, you know, and what they've tried to accomplish, but, you know, been stonewalled beyond their, you know, hands. Yeah, I know. Well, I really like that AOC, that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, man. She's, you know, she, she sticks it to them and she doesn't back down. She's very smart. Yeah. Uh, and every time somebody tries to outsmart her or embarrass her or something like that, she's she's brilliant. She's great. She retweeted that somebody, I guess uh, some organization, did a study that since she was elected, Fox News has mentioned Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez over 3,000 times in the short amount of time that she's been serving on the, in, the, uh, in the Congress. A hundred days. Yeah. And... Um, that's like 30 mentions a day. Yeah, yeah. And, um, gee, I wonder why a bunch of frustrated old white guys would be so enamored with such a spicy, young, attractive my, my, female. My, my favorite scandal of hers or, or the famous gotcha moment that they had is was she in college or high school and her friend shot a music video that she's dancing on a roof having fun. Yeah. Like, 
look at this. You know, how can this former college student be trusted to lead when she's having fun dancing with her friends? Right. And it cut to literally hundreds of examples of Donald Trump being a shithead and being inappropriate and doing bad things. Oh, that's fine. You know, we, we're, we're winning. He's we, too busy winning now. We already mentioned Julia Assange, but I'm going to go back to it. Um, what is WikiLeaks? I don't know what WikiLeaks is. It's not my thing. Never heard of them. Is what Blotus said about, which I love. I mean, the first second, within seconds of him uttering that he doesn't really know WikiLeaks and it's not really his thing. I love WikiLeaks. Exactly, right? That he was the montage. Yeah. Like, I mean, not once or twice, but saying not only saying it once or twice, but going off and, and you know, I love them. It's great, Julie. I mean, I think he mentioned them every single day, probably the last six months. And on his campaign. Of, of his campaign, yeah. right. So everyone's like, I mean, I just love the second something goes south with anybody in his or Michael Cohen, never heard of him, you know. Uh, but I'm not even going to do a bad impression or go down the list. But it's just hysterical how instantly he will just. Yeah, throw. we've established he is a sociopath. He's crazy. Yeah. And now who, who is Sam Pattern? Does it name even ring a bell? Because it didn't to me when it came across uh, the news wire today. And I'm like, oh. Sam Patton? Yeah. He's one of the many people. Uh, he's one of the many witches who pled guilty um, in the Mueller probe. It technically wasn't the Mueller probe, but it was one of those things where in the Mueller probe, they found some stuff out and turned it over to like the Southern District of New York. He had pled guilty, and uh, sadly, he's not doing any jail time, but he just got a three or three or five-year probation, like 5,000 hours community service. He helped funnel Ukrainian money into the Trump inauguration mm. party. Right. So, so That was helpful of him. It, it really was. So helpful that now... And again, it's like, damn it, you know, wh- wh- why aren't these guys getting real jail time? These are real crimes, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. He's white and rich. But still, uh, yet, this was one of the witches that pled guilty, but he got sentenced today. We're still waiting on, like, Flynn... Flint has Flint no Flint has not been sentenced yet. That was pushed. Yep. But uh but yeah. Um but that there's so much bullshit going on that that does barely even I, I the only reason I bring it up is I'm not hearing anybody talking about it. And again, it was one of the witches that they found in in the Mueller, you know, um investigation, investigation that bared some fruit. Not the biggest fruit, but you know, yet again, Ukrainian slash Russian ties to the inauguration, but there's no collusion or obstruction or... Ukraine's not Russia. Hello? <laughs> no, it's not. It's just controlled by a Russian oligarch that his campaign manager worked for four years and seen. Which now brings us, Joe, to my favorite part of the week. The end of the podcast? That is your favorite part of the week. <laughs> and by end of the podcast, you mean... The, the end, end of, of the podcast. podcast. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, and this week's self-indulgent theater, um, <clears throat> I have I have asked our good friend Joe if he could do one of my favorite voices. He does that of former uh, uh, um, mayor of Burlington, Vermont, <laughs> better known as America's senator, Senator Bernie Sanders. Reading the lyrics of one of my favorite Beastie Boys, one of all of our favorite Beastie Boys songs, You Gotta Fight for Your Right. So without further ado, Mr. Sanders. Okay. Thank you, Jacques and Joe. I have one thing to say to the 1% of the 1% out there. Take it. You wake up late for school, man, you don't want to go. You ask your mom, please, but she still says no. You miss two classes and no homework. But your teacher preaches class like you're some kind of jerk. You gotta fight. For your right to 
pool party. Your pop caught you smoking and he said, no way. That hypocrite smokes two packs a day. Man, living at home is such a drag. Now your mom threw away your best porno mag. Busted. You gotta fight for your right to affordable health care. Party! Democratic Party! The end. You might hear music when you're listening. I'm not hearing music when I'm doing that voice. I will tell you, it was music to my ears. You know, I'm, I'm going to go dry my eyes while you listen to this week's defunct sponsor. I hereby dub you the Easter Bunny. Wednesday, a special family presentation narrated by Fred Astaire. The Easter Bunny is coming to town today. Let's all have a happy Easter. The Easter Bunny's coming to town. So, uh, turns out that the Red Sox suck, Joe. Why? They don't. Oh, they do. Yeah. You know. Four, huh. four and nine going into the weekend against, thank God, Baltimore came to town. Um, you know, I think the best thing that can happen to the Red Sox today, um, the game gets rained out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, they're, they're just, they're just, they're just awful. Um, they're not playing for April. No, they are not. But, uh, long season. The, uh, the Patriots and, uh, and you and I have, Said goodbye to our good friend Hogan, who has signed with the Panthers. And, you know, I don't know why he got phased out of the offense. I don't know why he fell out of favor with Brady, like the second half. I don't. The second half of the season. Um, I mean, his career highlight reel, I mean, with the with just the short time in the grand scheme of things, he was here. I mean, he's caught some big you know, made some big plays and big times. Um, what was his percentage? Like his reception percentage? You know, it's one of those things where like the last, and I mean this, it's like, I don't know, Brady didn't throw to him much. And when he did, if, if, if Tom threw three bad passes a game, all three of them were targets to Hogan, where they were there five feet behind him on the ground or just complete, you know, in the playoffs, you know, there was a pass to Hogan that got picked off that, you look at it, no matter how much of Brady apologist you are, it's like, dude, that's not on Hogan. And you might have been mad, or maybe he ran the wrong route. That's we don't the thing, know. So like, if it happens over and over again, maybe there's some sort of miscommunication. So, I mean, I like the guy. He always, you know, seemed to play well, play big and big games. Um, but, uh, you know, he's one of those guys. He didn't go looking for the money. It was pretty clear they weren't bringing him back. So, I wish he's one of those ones that, okay. I hope does well. You know, there are some people who leave the team um, that, that you're like, yeah, go fuck you. And then there's some guys you're like, yeah, I, I hope he does well. Like I mean, Welker and yeah. Right. And I hope he does really well for the Panthers because, you know, I mean, even if he tears it up for the Panthers, yeah, no. Yeah. No, best case scenario, they're, they're an 8-8 eight eight team, and that is the best. Um, Tom Brady, who we talked last week, got on Twitter for the first time and trolled the world with his retirement. I don't know if you caught this this week in trolling with Tom Brady. No. Quick seven-second clip where he's walking out, you know, he's coming out to train, you know, and he has the shoulder pads, everything on, and he's coming out with his trainer, and he takes and he looks at his helmet. And I don't know if this was staged. I'm going to have to think it was staged, but, it, you know, because the caption was, well, time to get back at it. And I'm thinking, oh, man, he's getting ready for OTAs, which he missed last year and all these things. And he points at his helmet and he's like, <laughs> he starts laughing and he just throws to the side 
a couple pieces of confetti from the uh, parade from, for, oh, uh, from, from the, from the Super Bowl, Bowl yeah. that are still there. And, and I I first saw that like the, the the Lombardi Trophy shaped confetti inside his helmet. It was like, yeah, a friend of mine in Arizona who's a big Kansas City Chief fan. It's like uh, he just sent the link with the words, "I fucking hate you." <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and at first I'm like, oh, like he hates him because. He's already back at work. He's, you know what I mean? Most quarterbacks, no. The, oh, okay, I see. It's just another troll job. So. I saw Tom Brady took a picture with Leslie Jones. Oh. And, and Leslie Jones posted it on her Twitter. Nice. And he, he responded, and it was like, nice to meet you. And, she, you know, then, of course, like, the comments are like, you know, green sick faces uh, from all of Leslie Jones's fans, and, like, he's the worst. But it's just like, you know, um, fuck you. <laughs> was it an event they were at together? I don't know. I, I don't know wait, what wait. the context He's was. not hosting Saturday Night Live again. Please. <laughs> He's not hosting Saturday Night Live again. I don't think he is. No, yeah, it must have been some event, obviously. But um, that was, yeah. that was. He's making the rounds on social media, I guess. Bless his heart. And yeah. um, I don't want to even talk about the Bruins. He lost their first game 4-1 to pretty bad by the time this post. They would have already played on Saturday. I hope they're 1-1, but... No, not um, no. It no. was it, it, it was really bad. Mm. Getting into video games before we get to the random video game review of the week, our good friend Joe uh, was it last week, a couple weeks ago, talked about Penn and Teller's bus simulator. I think I mentioned it last week. Yeah, and then you sent me the link <laughs> of, of a YouTube clip. Do you, do you do you remember how you described the game? Um, no. Uh, you made it sound boring and tedious. You dramatically undersold it. Undersold it. <laughs> so Joe sends me a link, and some poor fuck plays the game from beginning to end. And if you play the game from beginning to end, it takes just over eight hours. Yeah, you're the, to recap, it's actually a mini game inside of a Sega CD game that you know it was an attachment for the Genesis back in the nineties, but that Penn and Teller had put out, and actually. I don't know if it actually got a real legitimate release or if just like the – maybe it, it must have gotten a legitimate release because – I don't know. It's out there. <clears throat> Sometimes these prototypes can come up and the video game community you know, downloads it and plays it on emulators or whatever. But one of the mini games is a game called Desert Bus where your sole purpose is to drive a tour bus of Penn & Teller's from one des- from one location to the next through the desert. Yeah, from somewhere. It was like, you know, from like, uh, I don't know, somewhere in Texas through Phoenix or through Arizona to California. To, to, to Vegas. To Vegas. To, yeah. And you, the only way to win the game, so to speak, is to just keep the bus on the road. You can, It's not like you can just like put the controller down and walk away. No, because the bus starts to veer to the right. If, Almost instantly. If you're not constantly have the hands on the wheel and there's no scenery there's like a tumbleweed that comes by it's like that's you know that joke and the critic that i always reference where he's driving on a desert road and he sees a sign all like after like you know three hours of driving he sees a sign and the sign says next sign 50 miles (laughs) it's that kind of thing and then if you don't um drive the bus properly it can overheat and then you have to wait for a tow truck and then it (laughs) tows you all the way back um the the maximum speed the bus goes is forty five miles an hour. Well, if it goes over fifty five, it'll blow up. No, yeah, and it's in real time. Like yeah. like the drive. If you drive and it's a, I, I'm trying to think how many hundreds miles. It's it's like four or five. It's like a five six hundred mile drive that you have to do in real time. I think at, you're crossing two or three state lines. Forty five miles per hour, and the you know the best part of it, like you know here here's here's Penn. You know, in, in a room, and Teller's like playing the game, and he's explaining to it's like there's all kinds of great simulators out there, like helicopter simulators, you know, space shuttle, you know, plane simulators. But really, you know, what does it all mean? Is you know, you're never going to be in a situation where you know the pilot gets sick and you're going to have to step in, and all this time of the stimulus is going to help. 
but you could be on a bus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where it happens. And he explains it, and, 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 and like the last thing he says, like, "Be careful!" Keeps pulling to the left, and so I watched the first like ten minutes. Just I'm sitting there waiting for one of the little guys to get out of school. I'm like, okay. Joe said that this milk in the fridge went bad, and I gotta try it, and. <laughs> And I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't smell it first. I just took the jug out and went to town. <laughs> and I'm watching him like, and then I would scroll the bar like an hour forward. Yeah. You're, and then you're another scr- hour. You're scrubbing through and trying to find like Anything. something. And it's, <laughs> it's awesome. I just, yeah. And then my little guy gets in the car and he's like, what are you watching? I'm like, oh, it's stupid. You know, Joe sent me this. Can I watch it? And then he's watching it and he's scrubbing. He's like, is this all it is? I'm like, yeah. Is this a real game? Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody really play this? You're watching it, dumbass. <laughs> you know? What's worse, a guy played it and posted it that we're watching it. This is our father-son time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So um um you're welcome. Thank you. But yeah, dramatically undersold it. Uh as I walked down into uh the Lucium today, I noticed that the Dreamcast is it the Dreamcast the or Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn that you talked about a couple you've actually it's getting some uh some usage and logging some hours. Yeah, so there's a way to modify it so that you can play backup copies of Sega Saturn games. You know, because Sega CDs will I mean Sega CDs CD games will eventually die on you. So it's good to back them up. It really is. Um, especially when you're backing them up from copies on the internet. Because <laughs> that really helps out. So that I, 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 I jury-rigged it so that it um, plays uh, backup copies of games for the Sega Saturn. And yeah, there's some really decent games, like some nice... You know, you have to have an appreciation for that kind of... that era of gaming to really... Kind of diving, but they have like really good uh, shooter games. And is uh, it sixteen bit, thirty two bit, thirty two bit? It is thirty. Yeah. So the Sega Genesis was sixteen, the Sega Saturn was thirty two, and then the Dreamcast, I guess, would be sixty four. Um, but um, yeah, it's it works well now, um, and uh, it only cost me three hundred dollars. No. <laughs> do, do you want to review what you're playing, or you want me to grab a disc? Um, what am I playing? Yeah, I don't know. You just grab anything. Yeah, anything you want. Anything off that shelf right over there. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the Sega Saturn if that's what you're going to go for. Or, you know, oh, they're just, oh, they're uh, the, the backup copies are stacked on that shelf over there. See the stack of CDs that just on your right there? Yeah, there you go. It's um, all legitimate backups. I own all of those games. I just happened to decide to back them up. I did not. All right. Guess what it is. Yeah, exactly. I think you grabbed a CD. Nights into Dreams. Yeah, this is one of the, I guess, most popular games for the Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn. I'm like Boston. Sega Saturn. Um, it's it's kind of hard to describe. A lot, you know, a lot of these games that were developed for the Sega Saturn have a Japanese flair to them, uh, more so than other, I guess, consoles. But this Nights into Dreams is your you play as either like a like a young boy or girl, and I'm not quite sure of the storyline, but you go into this like dream world where you enter like a uh, like uh, like an open field that has I don't want to say open field, but like a there's a terrain where there's like hills and stuff, and you transform into this character who I think is called Knight, and she kind of has like a jester hat on and you know whatever and she can fly and you have to fly around like this rotating scenery collecting coin you know collecting gems and going through hoops and stuff it's sort of like a it's kind of like a, a chilled laid back kind of game I mean, there's not a lot of like uh, combat Boss involved. fights. Yeah, exactly. You're just sort of collecting and trying to perfect, improve on your time and you're just enjoying the scenery. It's more of like almost really kind of showing off the 3D capabilities of the Sega Saturn. So picture in 1995, you know, you're going from 2D stuff to a 3D environment and it's like, a, it, it's intriguing gameplay, but it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's relaxing to a point. Um, but yeah, it, I, I I can't really give it a 
a thorough review. It's um, but it's one of the more popular games, Nights Nights into Dreams. I gotta spend some more time with it, I guess, to really give it a a more proper. That uh, whole going to work shit is getting in the way. I know. See, yeah, going to work and um, other things. <laughs> what uh, like watching TV? What are you watching, Jill? What am I watching on television? Uh, let's see. I watched before you got here. I was watching uh, the Conan Twenty Five website with all the remotes. Uh, they're just fantastic, you know. Andy at Woodstock, um, eating everybody's food. Yeah, try just the Triumph stuff, the, like the Triumph at Hollywood Squares, Triumph at the Star Wars uh, uh, Attack of the Clones premiere. You know, which one of these uh, calls your mother? Calls your parents to pick you up. Um, uh, and then yeah, he's talking to a pregnant woman. That's the last time that baby is going to see female genitalia. <laughs> um. And uh, what else am I watching? Um, gosh. Oh, I started getting into a little bit Unsolved Mysteries on Amazon Prime. Oh, are they new? The, the old no, ones? it's the old ones with Robert Stack. And they've packaged them well where you can, you know, it's just like the old shows. But then I think they also insert further updates or they sew together like updates from, you know, they would air the original episode and then maybe like, Months later, they'd say, update, and then they would go back to that original episode segment about a, you know, a mysterious disappearance, and they'd say, well, we found the person, and here's the update, and thanks to people who watched our show, you know, they, within minutes, the police department in that town got calls from all over saying, oh, yeah, we know where that guy is. Um, but then there's even, like, further updates with text, uh, like, for modern day. Um, like modern day updates, so it's it's very interesting. And then there's even like still unsolved mysteries where if you know anything, you can go to unsolved.com and give them tips. So I told you I had a friend whose brother, a bit actor, was on one of the reenactments, and it was America's Most Wanted, mm. and it aired like three times, like this thing. Every single time the cops came to his house, because like, <laughs> like somebody inevitably like didn't realize, you know, the burglars didn't actually stick around to do a reshoot and some pickup shots and some ADR on this. That that's, you know, and I, you know, you know, at the bottom of the screen it says reenactment. <laughs> yeah, that's. But you know what is what was also I forgot that they had done on unsolved mysteries is during the reenactments they would use the actual. Like victims' parents, or you know, like the woman who disappeared, they would have her parents reenact like them going down the dirt road where the car had burst into flames and finding a clue, like finding a leaflet that was in their car uh, from a church. And the only way that that leaflet would have left the car is if the windows had been open or if the door had been left open because the person driving the car always had their windows up and so that would naturally never just fly out like that we, but it's like um yeah they would have like imagine like you're going through a trauma i guess it's years have passed and you're obviously but t- still uh, how you're, do you get you're, over it yeah you're not only doing the testimonials like on your couch talking to the camera about what had happened but you're also now getting a sad card let's literally take you down memory lane yeah <laughs> So that, but it, yeah, it, it's and it's. I forgot how spooky it was. Like the, the, the that intro. Oh, and and his voice. His voice is just. If you or anybody else you know would like to see me naked, <laughs> wait. That's my, that was the dream I had last night <laughs> after watching Unsolved Mysteries. He, he's a looker. That Robert Stack. Oh, hell yeah. He was in Airplane Two. Oh no, he was in Airplane One. Yeah. Yeah. And was he, I think he was also an airplane. No, maybe he wasn't an airplane too. Yeah, the 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 sunglasses. Yes, right. right you know, uh. <laughs> he's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he, I, I just he was, um, he was a he was a character, and the, 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 those shows still hold up. I I watched two episodes, and I was completely into it. Like, wow, yeah, this is this is creepy, and like you know, oh, I I I, I wanted to Wikipedia like all these right. stories and we like how they panned out, but um, you know, I think they kind of did the legwork for me. Uh, I I do. You 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 get stuck down that rabbit hole. I, I remember I've been in Phoenix for a couple of hockey tournaments on Memorial Day, where I I've just got caught watching six of those in a row. 
Like, mm. like just gripping, you know what I mean? It's like it's 20 year old cases. And I'm like, and the same thing, you got the phone next to you and you're, did they find the person? Whatever happened? You read about the killer. Well, it's like unsolved mysteries is almost like the, 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 precursor to like all these netflix documentaries we're watching now with like the true crime stuff right and um you know like these odd stories and we're just we're deluged with all this stuff now like it's almost become like super commonplace but back then unsolved mysteries was like you tuned in every week to see like what the fuck is up like and there was not just one story it was like four different segments and presented very well, and they weren't cheesy reenactments. Like you kind of bought into it. Money, yeah. Like yeah, you, you bought into it. I mean, there were some. I mean, you remember Rescue Nine One One? Do I with uh, William Shatner? The, the great William Shatner. Yeah. Um. They 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 reenacted like they did the same thing with like their people. You know, like they had like the victims or family members like reenacting. Hey, remember the worst day of your life that we have on tape? Well, let's go through it again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so what are you watching, my friend? Besides your weight. Joe, maybe I'm becoming an old guy. Maybe I'm a shut-in. My pick, believe it or not, no. Not Greatest American Hero? Not Blue Bloods, but yet another CBS show. Mm, Is it a current CBS show? It is a current CBS show. Okay, uh, let me see. Uh, NCIS, New Orleans. No. I'm going to say, how many strikes do I get? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, just like in, uh, uh, just like in T-ball, you till you get a hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a current CBS show, MacGyver. It's on season three. Um, elementary first two no. seasons are now on Netflix, and I'm almost done with season two. Oh man, um, I it, Clue, The Good Place. Oh, okay, that's a Dude, good clue. It is so fucking good have you heard of this show wait the good oh, the, the the good place the good place that's not a cbs show it's, it's an not? N- nbc show are you sure with ted danson i thought ted danson was only allowed to do cbs shows no it's an nbc show oh okay so yeah, i the felt, good, the I good felt pl- bad that i'm watching a cbs show I'm like no, wait a minute it's like, i gotta be 90 it's, it's like a really smart comedy have you seen it i i've seen i, I saw a little bit of okay. it. okay i know it's supposed to be awesome so so it wait is- i'm just catching up on cheers the first ted danson <laughs> show then I got to get to Becker, and then I got to get to NCSI. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's 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 the day in the life of four people and their neighborhood in heaven. Heaven has neighborhoods, and it's not like adjacent neighborhoods to other things. This is where you spend eternity, and. He is what's called the architect of it. You know, he he works from the home office, and he designed this neighborhood. And he, you know, greets people and it, fo- you know, it's a full vibrant neighborhood with stores and stuff. And, um, and it's the day in the life of four people, four new people, the, the four new people to this neighborhood. And one of the people, you know, it's three years in, so I'm not giving anything away, but one of the, one of the, one of these four people isn't supposed to be there. And is a bad person and, and not like not like a murderer um not not a criminal either but just a uh flaming piece of shit <laughs> like i like to it's good to know that even in heaven um there's incompetence well, there's like you know people can slip through the cracks right and that and that's what this is and it, it, it it's it's this person you know struggle to um to to stay there to kind of hide it um and I will tell you, from season one to season two, I do not remember, and, and this will give something away, I don't remember a show uh, 180-ing as much and just becoming a completely different kind of show. And when it does, it, it's even better. Like, our little guy started watching it, like, found it on Netflix, and he was watching two or three episodes, and then mom watched, like, Three or four episodes. So I come in, see there's thirteen episodes in season one and two. And I'm I come on board episode seven, season one. And she's like, Oh no, no, you gotta go back to the beginning. You have to see this. I'm like, I'm a pretty smart guy. I can I can pick up the pieces right from here. And you can. But she's like, No, I want you to see this one scene from this. And she couldn't find it. And I so we went a couple episodes back. So I haven't seen the whole thing, but they flash back to the first few episodes anyway. So it's like, I get it. I get it. Um, we're about three or four episodes away from finishing season two. And I know season three is either on now 
we're probably maybe just finishing now because mm. it's you know May. and hopefully May, hopefully it will be on Netflix soon or I'll have to like you know get it on demand. Doesn't Hulu have that stuff? I think Hulu, the newer shows. Yeah, J- Joe, I I honestly don't know the last time I started picking up the phone and I I called my sister. You know, I'm like. Are you watching the show? I saw my dad the other day. I'm like, are you watching the show? And then he started watching it. And I'm like, you know, you got to call me as soon as you get, you know, to the ep- – call me after episode one, season two. I was talking to my dad. Um, he, you know, he he's liked my suggestion so far. He liked Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. Um, Still haven't watched season two. Oh, I saw you know. Uh, well, he's like, oh, I watched the whole thing. I'm like, oh, how about when this happens? Like, I don't remember that. I'm like – it's a six episode arc with a huge <laughs> new character. And then he realized that, oh, I don't think we watched season two. Oh. But yeah, I cannot more strongly suggest the new one. And it's like, uh, it's a Ted Danson thing, you know? The good place. The good place. It's great. Yeah. Be, be, it's honestly, it's beyond, it's beyond great. Like, I haven't seen an episode. That wasn't awesome, and the four main characters just could not be more different. I, uh, is it Kristen Bell? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and she is such a like her flashbacks to her time on Earth. She is just such a scumbag douchebag, like a nasty person, yeah. just a nasty, bitter person. You know, to you know, to be around, and you're like, Can't oh really. my god, how do you, you know, uh, and so. But like I said, it's it's you know one of the one of the main storylines is her trying to find her way to stay there, you know, her knowing she doesn't belong there, and her and her quest to stay there. Yeah. So that's my that's my two cents. All right, I'll have to uh, you know watch that in twenty years. <laughs> parenting tip. What's my parenting tip of the week? Oh, Faith and Bagora. What's my parenting tip? Um, I uh, I plead the fifth. I don't know, man. I don't have a parenting tip. What's your parenting tip? Because that's what I'm here for always is to hear your sage wisdom, your parenting advice. Uh, well, we'll find out what my parenting tip is or how well it works out. Uh, as you know, our oldest one is dealing with some medical stuff. We are leaving here to go back to Boston's Children for the third time in six days. This time I'm going to show him if you don't like the results of something, advocate until you get your way because this shit is too important. And even if, and it's funny because I like the wife is sending me back and saying like, if you have to get arrested, do not leave there until he gets an MRI. So we're setting the tone and, and my parenting tip is, you know, don't much, take no shit from nobody. Don't take no shit from nobody when it's important. And no. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll see, let you know how it goes. I'm more of the rollover and take it in the ass guy, but you know, to each their own. Hey, what you, you want to go camping? <laughs> What's that joke? If you went camping and you woke up and you were like so hammered the night before and you woke up and there was like a used condom sticking out of your ass, would you tell anybody? No, man. Want, want, want to go camping? <laughs> <laughs> man, and that's just a preview of next week's <laughs> opening joke. All right, well. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that would be my parenting tip. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. No, not usually. <laughs> okay, well, that's a, a sage advice, and, and you know, best of luck to your little, your, your oldest one, your old er one. Gosh darn it! Well, I still got a spare. Yeah. Um. All right, that's enough. And uh, folks, uh, on behalf of everyone here at Carnival Personnel, uh, have a happy Patriots Day. And while you're out there watching the marathon, please don't forget. 